Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball Podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. And today, I am joined by the founder, the co-founder of Fight for a Better America, Bill Kuhn. Hope I'm saying your last name right. But Bill, Fight for a Better America is an organization that invests in key battleground districts and states around the United States to either flip it blue or keep the Democratic incumbent. So we're going to be talking to Bill about his organization and why they decided to found it. Bill, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Curtis. And and yes, you, you pronounced my name right. That's, uh, that's Bill Kuhn. Yep, that's right. Perfect. Well, why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is I'm Bill Kuhn, and I am from New York City. I am an educator by background. Um, I also am a former investment banker, so I have uh, a bit of a different, uh, interesting sort of uh, career profile. And I started this uh, political organization back in 2016, right around when uh, right around when uh, Trump was elected president. And I started it with some folks from different uh, areas all across the United States, uh, namely California and Chicago. And I got together with them and, and we said, you know, we have to do something. We got to pool our assets. We have to, uh, you know, fight back and try to regain the House, meaning the Democrats tried to regain the House in 2018. And so that's what we did. We put together a super PAC which is basically an organization that raises money to fund uh, not directly political candidates, but uh, political uh, causes and issues. And we got together and, and we, we raised a bunch of money and we helped uh, flip a few districts from red to blue in 2018. Very proud of that. And then we continued our work into 2020. And we are working now in 2022 with uh, the midterms, uh, you know, the midterm races in November. Well, what made you guys so passionate about wanting to start this organization? Hmm. Yeah, you know, we uh, we we are uh, all of us are we care deeply about you know, good governance and making sure that the middle class and, and the lower income stratas you know, of, of citizens are looked after. You know, we think that's the job of the government. We think that, um, you know, that everyone basically benefits from a stronger uh, Washington and a strong, stronger state governments. And so we we saw how how poorly uh you know the the last sort of 40 years has been um in terms of governance in terms of how this country is run and we decided 
that Trump was sort of the last straw. We decided that, you know, we need to do something. We need to step up. We were in a position to make a difference. We have, you know, networks of people that can contribute money and that can, uh, you know, help with uh, restoring sort of faith and trust into in, in Washington. And so we, we decided that, you know, now's the time to take some action. Now's the time to take advantage of people's uh, anger, frustration with, you know, the current, with the, with the, with the current president. I mean, in turn, that is Trump, that is, and use that and, and try to, uh, you know, again, restore some, some dignity and some, some, some justice in, in Washington. Speaking of the past 40 years, why does Facts and Fury begin its examination approximately 40 years into the GLP's history? Why the past 40 years? We, uh, well, so the book that I wrote is, is about basically the last 40 years because, uh, Curtis, if you go back to the, if you, if you look at the, 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 how the power politics have changed over the course of the century, you'll, you'll notice, you know, certain periods of, of, of governance that have been dominated by certain types of, uh, groups and ideologies in, uh, in Washington. So from the 1930s through, you know, let's call it, uh, you know, 1970s, there was sort of the liberal New Deal order where, you know, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's famous, you know, uh, uh, legislation, various pieces of legislation was sort of ruling the day, right? We had, we had, and, and Lyndon Johnson's Great Society, where we were, where we would, where, where government was being used to help, uh, you know, the unemployed help poor people help um, the middle class build themselves and earn a living. Now, that said, the New Deal also excluded African-Americans, and that was a whole tragedy in itself. Uh, and, you know, we can we can certainly fault the New Deal for that. Uh, but in general, the government was being used uh, to promote the welfare of its citizens um, and to sort of keep big business at bay uh, and, and keep their sort of um, influence at bay. They, you know, they, they weren't, they weren't that, that meaningful in terms of elections. Um, they couldn't uh, use their money to fund candidates that were, you know, it, c- it couldn't use unlimited amount of money to fund candidates. Um, so their, their power uh, was... Uh, you know, at uh, was was limited, and so around the time of the late seventies, when you know we had uh, sort of started with Nixon and the Great Stagflation, and then uh, when our the, the oil embargo produced very high gas prices, and Carter uh, was you know very unpopular for raising for having his. Uh, his Federal Reserve Chairman raised the interest rate by a lot, and people felt the pain at, you know, uh, around basically around every 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 
every good that they that they bought, including most notably gasoline, which is actually what we're going through today. There's some parallels to the to the to the late 70s. But basically, um, at that moment, conservative politicians came in and sort of uh, took over. Uh, We had Ronald Reagan uh, and his, you know, morning in America the uh, economic um, policies that were put forward by Reagan and by the, his advisors sort of set the course on, on set, set us on a course for the next, you know, 40 years or so. Now that those policies that Reagan put forth and, and ultimately passed in the wake of what was a painful, you know, time during the late 1970s uh, and people were receptive to, you know, new new type of governance. Um, there was a there was a building of this sort of movement conservatism uh, in the in in response to the civil rights era. So the really the I don't know if you recall the candidate Barry Goldwater, but he sort of uh, began this this era of of movement conservatism. In response to the Civil Rights Act, where uh, African-Americans became sort of full citizens, if you will, in the South, at the very least, get, get, you know, getting the right to vote, getting the, uh, the, the right to an education, equal education, I mean, getting um, the, uh, the, the right to you know, be able to eat at the same lunch counter as, as white people. Right. I mean, it, it, clearly, you know, we, we there's a ways to go in there. But but at the at the time, uh, that was sort of the. You know, what was what the, the, the Civil Rights Act did. And as a result, you know, we had a lot of angry white people uh, who. You know, rallied behind this candidate Barry Goldwater, who basically was the anti-civil rights candidate, and that started this incarnation of the type of right-wing politics we see today. So, when I say the last forty years, yes, it certainly started with with uh, Reagan to to a degree, but the the roots began sort of in the early nineteen sixties. Well, why do you feel like the Republican attitude towards government is a problem? Uh, the well, the government pe- people have negative view of government. People uh, believe that government is the problem. In fact, um, the there's a, there's a poll that was taken recently that showed people's trust in government was at an all time low, and yet uh, people's uh, preference towards government programs like uh, Medicare and Social Security and national defense and a lot of other programs are very positive. And so I wonder, how is it that trust in government is so low and yet people like the programs of government and people appreciate what government does for them? It doesn't it didn't make any sense to me. And my theory is that for so long, people have heard the message that government is the problem and that, you know, government uh, needs to get out of our lives and government is slow and 
you know, doesn't work as well as private enterprise and so forth and so on. And this message keeps on being driven home by conservatives. Conservatives love to bash government. They love to talk about how government is, you know, doesn't work, how it's awful, how it's communism and socialism, blah, 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 blah. It's over. like you hear this over on you turn on Fox News and you turn on right wing radio. It's it's like government this and government that. Uh, and and, you know, the and 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 so the reason why I think people don't trust government, I mean, on top of the fact that Congress seems to be, you know, sort of dysfunctional, um, but it all stems from this right wing idea that government is the problem and should be crushed, basically should be to quote to quote a right wing pundit uh, to quote a to quote a, a an important figure in right wing politics, Grover Norquist. He says, I want to I don't want to destroy government. I want to drown. I want to shrink it down to the size small enough so I can drown it in a bathtub. And that's what basically like that's what the conservative governing agenda, uh, at least at the federal level, is um, is all about. Do you feel like there's such a thing as free market? Why? Why not? Yeah, uh, I the free market. Well, it's a it's a good another good question and and something that you know is is uh, debated a lot. You know, I think free market um, is also a misnomer, right? Free market exists um, in so much as people are able to, you know, buy and sell goods sort of, you know, online and, and uh, in, in stores. But the, 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 the problem with the idea of, of free markets is that in free markets, people, there has to be rules set. Uh, you know, we have admission standards and we have licensing standards and, 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 you know, you, you can't, anyone just can't walk up and become a lawyer tomorrow or become a barber tomorrow, right? All these light, you know, you have to have certain licenses. And so these are small examples, but free market is, you know, every market has rules and regulations and some are set for the benefit of everyone. And some are set for the benefit of just a wealthy few. And so um, I do believe in the idea of a market-based economy, but the idea of completely free, unfettered markets is 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 just false. It's just not. This is not the case. How do you feel like governments can best tackle the issue of inequality, and how do you feel that the GOP is hindering this process? Inequality is a huge problem. We've had more inequality the last several years than we've had during uh, the Gilded Age back in the late eighteen late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. That was before you know we had these New Deal policies by Franklin Roosevelt, and so uh, GOP loves this. Frankly, they don't they don't care that the, the that the United States is so unequal. Uh, they want to keep giving more to the rich and less to us they want to you know it's it for them it's uh use government to benefit the wealthy and the rest of us can get capitalism that's you know that's essentially uh the gop governing strategy and so uh 
when we try to pass bills that uh, do something about the inequality in this country, we uh, we we get total uh, obstruction by the GOP. For example, uh, Joe Biden's Build Back Better plan was to, you know, essentially it was a bill to strengthen the middle class and and lift people out of poverty. There are a lot of pieces to the program that brought us closer to sort of the European style uh, system where, you know, people would get, you know, people would have better benefits. There would be better paid. There would be better uh, uh, family leave protection. There would be um, more employment protection. There would be uh, increased funds at the state level for education, and so all of these things benefit the middle class and 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 the lower income. And you know, you can say sure at at the expense of rich people because rich people are not participating in these programs necessarily. But at the same time, everyone benefits. If you have a healthy, well-educated population, this is this is a good thing. This is not a zero-sum game. Just because you know the 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 poor and the middle class are being financially you know financially benefiting doesn't mean that you know rich people are just not at all. But they see it that way. You know, con- conservatives effectively see it as socialism, quote unquote, you know, everything, every, every piece of government spending is quote unquote socialism. Uh, you know, every, every piece of welfare, every piece of, uh, family leave, uh, you know, if we try to, um, if we try to make it easier for, uh, mothers to, uh, you know, uh, uh, take care of their, their kids, um, uh, you know, if they're sick or, you know, have um, unemployment insurance, you know, everything, everything is socialism. Well, let's talk about voter suppression. How big of a problem do you feel that voter suppression is? And what methods do you feel that the GOP use to control who can vote and where? Right. So it's a good question. Uh, I think voter suppression is a big deal. I think that, you know, it's, Joe Biden and and Stacey Abrams use the term Jim Crow 2.0. And and I think that that goes a little bit too far. I don't think it's Jim Crow 2.0. I think, you know, Jim Jim Crow uh, absolutely sort of restricted the rights of African-American voters um, almost absolutely. I mean, it was it was for for an African-American to vote in Mississippi or Louisiana uh, during the, you know, better part of the the 20th century, it was was almost impossible. And so, what I do think is happening though is voter suppression, and it is it is a serious thing because it's not just that they're taking away drop boxes in uh, majority African American counties or neighborhoods. Or it's not just that um, they're restricting the days on which you can vote, or uh, they're you know taking over, you know uh, basically throwing out all of the 
Uh, I, I remember, you know, seeing one news report about um, in in, Atla- in in a county outside of Atlanta or within Atlanta. Maybe it's Gwinnett. Maybe it's I forget. But they basically replaced all of the people on the board with their. When I say they, I mean Republicans have replaced um, all the people on the board who happen to be African American with uh, their own sort of white Republican. Uh, people and you know uh, when come come time for the election in November, how is that going to impact the vote? Right? Are they just going to toss out votes? What you know because they don't they don't like the last name? Uh, remember the the governor of, of of Georgia, Brian Kemp. Um, he got in trouble for tossing out. Uh, or he was Secretary of State at the time. He got in trouble for tossing out uh, exact matches with, uh, sig- uh, for signatures. Now, now, the idea that people can write their signature at the same time every time is ridiculous. And so, for him to toss out nearly fifty thousand registrations because of uh, you know exact match is it's it's not only it, it's devious, it's cruel, it's uh, it, it's just downright cheating. And so, you know we're going to see a lot of uh, Republican chicanery this time around in November. And my, I, I'm encouraged by the fact that we've seen high turnout in uh, Georgia in these, in the primaries and particularly among amongst African-Americans. And that despite these voter suppression tactics uh, we've seen, you know, an increased turnout that said, um, the Supreme Court just ruled on a case about uh, state legislatures and how they are able to sort of do what they want. You know, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not. I'm not a lawyer, but but effectively, um, they are greasing the wheels for uh, actually stealing an election. And I, I don't mean to say that you know in terms of like the way Trump used it, because the way Trump used the the, the term stealing election, he was. He he just he was just lying. I mean, he had no evidence whatsoever for stealing. In this case, uh, it is Republicans, uh, Republican legislatures that want to uh, dirty the you know muddy the waters and that want to throw out legitimate votes. And it's going to be a real dogfight. And I'm uh, I'm I'm encouraged by people's motivations. And I'm so glad we have people like Stacey Abrams there fighting for for our rights. And and and, you know, but it's going to be a dogfight. You did some research on the origins of fake news and conspiracy theories. So tell us about that research and what you found out. Yeah, um, (laughs) there are some really smart people who have made this their whole lives. Uh, And. I just, you know, I've, I've been reading them and, and they have come up with some pretty scary, uh, things like, you know, for example, um, the, a lot of these COVID conspiracies and a lot of these government conspiracies and a lot of, you know, conspiracies throughout the last, you know, several, uh, several decades have been, sort of have started in these weird circles where, uh, you know, it's sort of like started in someone's basement 
and like somebody put pen to paper of what kind of, you know, how can I come up with some sort of crazy thing that has a kernel of truth to it and that people will believe. And um, there's a group back in the 1950s called the John Birch Society. And these were the original sort of modern day conspiracy theorists. You know, we've had conspiracy theorists throughout our history, right? I mean, Puritans believed in some crazy ass stuff too. Um, so, uh, but, 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 you know, in, in the modern era, we, we've had sophisticated uh, conspiracy theory. We've had sophisticated ways in which conspiracy theory theories have been propagated. And, um, as I mentioned, the John Birch Society, they were they were a group of conservatives that were that were basically fearful of government. They were fearful of communism. They were fearful of, you know, the government take over our lives and tyranny. And they thought their you know, people were the fluoride in the water was like turning people, um, you know, crazy and, and all these different things. And, and, and then they evolved since then. And so um, the these conspiracy theories are not they're they're not they're bipartisan right you democrats and republicans can believe in the same thing we're all humans but we've noticed over the last several decades that it really originates mostly in republican circles um, whether it is covid conspiracies whether it is conspiracies about governmental overreach whether it's 9-11 conspiracies whether it is, you know, uh, uh, certain types of, uh, you know, deep state conspiracies, uh, you know, <laughs> that they get that that the Democrats are run by a bunch of uh, pedophiles. I mean, it goes, it goes crazy. It goes deep, and it usually starts in conservative circles uh, because of this sort of natural inclination to doubt and to to mistrust government, and as a result. You know, because of technology, because anyone with a microphone and a basement and 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 YouTube can can produce videos and broadcast these um, these things, it, it becomes uh, harder to tell who, who's you know who who you can trust effectively for for sort of people who are uh, not familiar with with uh, with the facts. Do you feel like it's possible for America to have a separation between church and state? Hmm. Yeah, I mean that that was written in the Constitution, right? Um, we're supposed to have the different. We're supposed to separate church and state. We're supposed to um, we're supposed to keep religion out of our lives. And it seems like with these recent Supreme Court decisions, it seems like uh, they're head we're headed back to a time when uh, religion was. Uh, a bigger part of our life, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm not old enough to remember when prayer was in school or when, um, you know, sort of like uh, religion played a more prominent role, but uh, we should have a separation of church and state. We, there should be a, um, a fine, you know, a, a fine line between a bright line between what the government does and how religion is, um, you know, involved. And so it seems to be continuously blurred these days uh, with recent decisions about prayer and school 
and funding religious schools and abortion and uh, gun rights, etc. It just it feels like we were we're going down the path of more religion when there should be less. Well, give the average voter some tips on what they can do to have an impact in politics. Sure. Yeah. Um, glad you asked because the average voter may seem powerless, just one person, but really in reality, you can make a huge difference. If you are a voter and you live in a blue district um, and you live in a blue, le- also in a blue legislative district, meaning a, a state legislative district, you can always go to your neighboring red district and volunteer for a candidate and knock on doors or, 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 or phone bank. Um, you can phone bank anywhere in the country, right? So if you are in Chicago or New York or somewhere that's blue, you can make calls to represented. You can make calls to voters in Arizona, in Texas, in North Carolina, and you can help elect people who believe in the same things that you do. And, uh, and so, you know, my advice also to people is that the presidential races and the Senate races get, they get a lot of publicity, you know, Biden, Trump, that was, there was a lot of money spent there and Lindsey Graham against Jamie Harrison in South Carolina, a lot of money spent there. And, uh, Mitch McConnell against, uh, I don't even remember his opponent at this point, also a lot of money, wasted money in my view, Um, when in fact the state races, meaning the state legislative races, your local state representative, that is really important because those state legislators, they make laws that we should care about. They impact laws concerning everything from healthcare to education to the economy to abortion to gun rights and and climate change. And they are not so well known. They're not famous. They don't make the news. They don't show up on Twitter. But these races are so important in deciding the fate of a lot of issues. And so my advice to people is you should look at who your state legislative rep is and you should see who, you know, if if you agree with you know, his or her policies and if you do and if you're happy with that person, how about the, the one over? How about the, you know, the, 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 the neighboring district, you know, you, even if you live close to the next, you know, next to another state and you can cross the border and go help volunteer there, find people in that legislative district to help volunteer with. And, and, uh, you know, and don't forget, don't, don't leave them out. A few, a few dollars can make a, can go a long way in those races. Well, tell us about your book and any current or upcoming projects that you guys are working on that people need to know about. Yeah, my my book, I um, 
I'll just plug the book. It's a it's it's a primer for people that don't know, you know, or are sort of new to politics or don't understand how bad the system has gotten and why it's gotten so bad. And don't maybe don't know the history of the Republican Party very much and and how sort of, uh, you know, Trump is is not a uh, sort of an exception right? He's, he, he's not just a one-time sort of bad candidate. This has been happening for a long time and you should, you should learn about it. And so the, the book is called Facts and Fury, uh, an unapologetic primer on how the Republican Party has destroyed American democracy. You can pick it up on any online booksellers. Um, it's also available on Audible, so you can download it and, and listen to it. And uh, I encourage everyone to read it because it's it's an important book and and people need to know the facts and people need to understand how our country is being governed and and how the Republican Party has just made a mockery of it over the past 40 years and how they don't care to uh, tackle the big challenges that this country faces. And so um, I'm I'm going around i'm doing some you know book signings i'm i'm doing some some speaking events uh here and there and um what we're working on now is you know i'm basically trying to sell the book but i'm also working with uh an organization called focus for democracy which uh is an organization that similar to fight for better america raising money to support uh, blue candidates and try to hold the uh, the House, the the, the congressional. Try, try to keep a Democratic majority in the House because that's you know frankly what we. I know people are feeling pain from inflation and gas prices and you know that's sort of top of people's mind. Uh, but you have to uh, you have to understand that it's difficult to control those things. And, um, you know, it, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot a president, um, and, and Congress can do beyond in implementing some sort of, you know, socialist scheme like price controls, uh, or, or something to that effect, which was tried in the past and didn't, um, you know, didn't, didn't work very well. So I encourage people, you know, I know people are feeling the pain at the pump and, uh, you know, the economy is not where they want it to be. Um, but there's a lot at stake here with this election. And, uh, you know, the business, the, the, it, the economy goes in, in cycles and what people are, you know, the pain that people are feeling now is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's going to get better at some point. It just it just takes some time. Go ahead and throw out your website and any social media links so people can stay in touch with everything that you're up to. Uh, sure. It's uh, my my website is bill dash That's bill dash K-U-H-N dot com. And my social media is um, my my Twitter is facts at facts and fury. That's uh, that's uh, the middle is and like spelled and so facts and fury, and my um, my Instagram is it's Billy Man at uh, or it's Billy Man. Um, so and my Facebook is is Bill Kuhn uh, K U H N. So that's uh, 
that's where you can find me. So close us out with some final thoughts, maybe something that we didn't talk about that you want to touch on or just any final thoughts you have. Sure. Uh, I hope everyone uh, can understand the urgency of the moment and make it a point to get out and vote as rights are being stripped away from people, uh, particularly as it comes to women's reproductive rights and as education is becoming slowly defunded uh, and, and gun rights are becoming more and more prevalent. We are increasingly living in a country that values uh, the wrong things. And you as voters can get out there and stop this. And you and voters, you as voters can go out and make a difference. And so what I tell you is, uh, please make it a point to get involved now, get involved early, um, and go volunteer, knock on some doors, make some calls. We depend on you. So and God bless everyone, and I hope uh, I hope you have a great uh, a great summer. Ladies and gentlemen, bill-coon.com. Be sure to follow, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible. Check out everything that Fight for a Better America is up to. Bill, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Curtis. I really appreciate it. Anytime you want me back, I will be happy to join. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.